that you open the eyes of our understanding. Give us understanding this evening as we approach your word. We pray that your grace will abound for us. Holy Spirit, open our hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Right, so we are going to continue with our study on Revelation. Um, Last week, we got to Revelation chapter 10. Uh, I mean, we finished with chapter 10. When the, um, the Bible described a huge angel who was standing on the sea and then one with one leg on the sea and one leg on the on the earth and um he said something that sounded like um seven the voice of seven thunders and wh- when John was about to write the angel told him not to write and so those whatever those words were those words were sealed and then we had we had we, we saw the angel again saying that there's go, there's not going to be any more delay for the fulfillment of the mystery or the conclusion of the mystery. And so we, we're about to move into chapter 11. Um, we're about to move into chapter 11. So today we are going to deal with chapter 11 and chapter 12, hopefully. And if we still have some time, we can talk about chapter 13 as well. Um and so we will start with Revelation chapter 11. Okay, all right. I'm going to read from, from, from the slide here. Revelation chapter 11 from verse 1 to 6. Then I saw a reed like a measuring rod, and the angels stood saying, Rise! And measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. Then, and they will tread the holy city and the food for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sack. These are the two olive trees and two lamp lamp stands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rains falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with plagues as often as they desire. And so we see that once the church has been raptured, um, God sets these two vehicles, that is the 144,000 Jewish people and the two witnesses who become the vehicles that God uses to um, witness to the world. Now, verse Again, like I keep saying, that these things are not happening in chronological order. We see that the 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 um, the ministry of the um, re, um sorry. So what I was saying was that Revelation is not written in chronological order. The events are not happening in chronological order. And once we are given insight into the ministry of the two witnesses, we see that the ministry of the two witnesses starts during the second half of the seven years. 
So the ministry of the two witnesses starts in the second three and a half years of the tribulation. Now we are given an idea into what the ministry looks like. First of all, the Bible says that the enemy is going to tread um, upon the holy city. And when the Bible talks about the holy city, it is talking about Jerusalem. And I believe that we have um, alluded to this earlier in the Bible when we... Um, when we read Daniel, the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, the Bible, the Bible tells us that, um, it tells us, the Bible tells us about the Antichrist and how he will go and make Jerusalem his headquarters. Now, before the Antichrist goes to Jerusalem and make it his headquarters, at that time, he will have broken his treaty with Israel. I think I said earlier on that the Antichrist will enter into a treaty with Israel for uh, during the beginning of the seven years of tribulation. And in the half, in the middle of the seven years, the Antichrist will break his treaty with Israel. And he will go and make Jerusalem his headquarters, sit in Jerusalem and declare himself to be God and ask the people to worship him. And that is what is going to bring about the great tribulation that is going to happen for the next three and a half years. And so when you read Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, the Bible says that then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. That is seven years. The one week there is seven years. But in the middle of the week, he shall break, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who make desolate, even unto the consummation which is determined. Is poured out on the desolate. And Second Thessalonians talk about the same thing. When Paul was addressing the Antichrist in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, Paul tells the church that this man would declare himself to be God. And that is the point where when he breaks the treaty with Israel and realizes that the nations the Israel no more submit to what he's saying, then at that point he will go and declare himself. As God. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Bible says, Oh, maybe let me read from verse 3. Let no one deceive you by, by any means, for the day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed. Now the Bible calls the Antichrist in Second Thessalonians the man of sin or the son of petition is the same. Um, that's how the second Thessalonians referred to him. Verse four, Bible says, who opposes and exalts himself above all things that is called God or that is worship so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself as he is God. So the Antichrist makes his headquarters in Jerusalem, declares himself to be God and demands worship from the people. As we read further, realize that those who do not worship him will, will be uh, will be killed. So now the Antichrist is demanding worship. This is the time that he has broken um, the um, the treaty or the covenant with Israel. Now, last week we started by discussing how people are f- um, fascinated by the identity of the two witnesses. People are trying to find out who are these two witnesses. People have made a lot of speculation about the identity of the two witnesses. Some say that it is Moses and Elijah. 
because Moses and Elijah did not die. And then they will make reference to Malachi chapter 4, when the Bible says Elijah was going to come back again. But in Matthew chapter 11, verse 14, Jesus Christ told us that the Elijah who was to come has already come, who is in the person of John. Now, Moses, in the book of Jude, the Bible tells us again that um, the angel, angel Michael, came to um, Satan was disputing about the body of Moses and the angel, angel Michael rebuked Satan and carried the body of Moses away. So that alone fights against or that stands in the way of the argument that Moses and Elijah will be the candidate. Again, they, will, they also say that it's be, again to say that Moses and Elijah did not die. Then you, would, you could also make reference to the fact that during the rapture, the people who were alive, who were raptured, didn't also die. So if that is the only qualification for the two witnesses, then we know that the people who are who were raptured during the tribulation could also be any of the two witnesses. Some say it is Enoch and Elijah, and they also give the reason um, of the fact that Enoch and Elijah did not taste did not taste death. But then again, the people who were raptured or the people who will be raptured will never taste death. So that qualification does not stand, and. Um, Zechariah chapter 4 verse 11 also talks about two olive trees and um, let me quickly read Zechariah chapter 4 verse 11 to 14 now then I answered and said to him what are these two olive trees at the right at the right of the lampstand and as and at its left and I further, I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes from which the golden, the golden oil drains? Then he answered, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No. No, my Lord. So he said, These are the two anointed ones who, who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. Now, people have also used the scripture to say that, oh, um, it's going to be Joshua and Zerubbabel. Because when you read Zechariah further, we see that um, it's Joshua and Zerubbabel. But this is symbolic of any believer who stands before God. Every, any believer who has the Spirit of God is anointed and they stand before God's throne and they stand before God. So, the, the, um, this olive trees that are being um, spoken about here olive branches that are being spoken about here is symbolic representing believers and so i'm saying all that to say to to get to the point that we don't know the identity of the two witnesses the bible did not give them any name the bible only said they were two witnesses the bible gave us an insight into their ministry and how their ministry looks like. And now when we read how the mini their ministry looks like, the Bible says these two olive trees and two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, they must be killed in this manner. And so we know that in their ministry, when they get to a city, when they get to a town and people want to attack them because of their testimony of Jesus Christ, Bible says that fire comes out of their mouth and devours their enemy. 
And we know in the Old Testament, there was a man who could call fire from heaven, and that is Elijah. And the Bible tells us again, they have power to shut the heavens. We know Elijah was able to shut heavens by the word of his mouth, by the prophecy that he gave, and it did not rain for three and a half years. Again, the Bible says they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. And so we know that their ministry has some of the things that we saw in the ministry of Elijah and Moses. But the Bible does not tell us the identity of these two witnesses. Anybody who tries to identify them by name will just be mere speculation. The Bible tells us about their ministry and how they operate. But the Bible does not give us their names. And so the Bible says these two witnesses will be ministering, telling, prophesying judgment, telling the people about the coming of Jesus Christ. And people will hate them. People will not like them. But if anyone wants to attack them, they cannot kill them because fire can come out of their mouth. If they go to a city or a place and they preach and the people do not accept their testimony, they can close the heavens and rain will stop. So these two witnesses are really going to be wild evangelists or wild preachers who will go into cities and perform a lot of miracles. People will not be able to kill them because they can command plagues, they can command fire to strike the earth, to strike the people. And so they cannot kill them until their ministry has come to an end. And so these two witnesses, once the church is raptured, God raises its 144,000 Jewish men and these two witnesses who are going to testify about Jesus Christ. And we can see that their ministry will prosper because that is where the great multitude and all the people who, um, who listen to them are going to come from. Or the great multitude that we saw in heaven, That's they are going to be fruit of their ministry. So when you read verse 7, the Bible says, When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. So the only time that these two witnesses will be overcome is when they have completed their ministry and when they had finished their assignment. That will be the only time that they will be overcome and then they are going to be killed. So once they are overcome and they are killed, listen to what happens. Verse, verse 8, the Bible says, And their bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. And also, our Lord was crucified. We know that our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that this city is now being called Sodom and Egypt. What is Sodom known for? We know that Sodom was a city where Lord resided. And because of their sexual immorality, God um, took his judgment into that city. And Egypt is known for idolatry. And so this tells us that the holy city, once the Antichrist makes the holy city his headquarters, now the city becomes a city of idolatry and a city of sexual immorality. Now the Bible tells us about the Antichrist in the book of Daniel chapter 11, that this Antichrist will not have regard for women. And let me just quickly read that Daniel chapter 11, verse 37. The Bible says that, um, <clears throat> all right, let me read from verse 37. He shall regard neither the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall exalt himself above them all. 
but in their place he shall honor a god of fortress and a god of his fathers a god his fathers did not know he shall honor with gold and silver with precious stone and with pleasant things so this antichrist makes um, jerusalem his headquarters he turns it into a city of idolatry because he is demanding that the people should worship him and then he turns it a city of sexual immorality Bible says that once the two witnesses has uh, have finished their testimony, once they have finished their assignment, they will be killed. Verse nine. The Bible says after they are killed, those who, those, then those from, um, then those from the people, tribes, tongues, and nations, will see their dead bodies three and a half days, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into the graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry and send gift to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on earth. Can you imagine when the people who testified about God, when the servants of God, these two prophet, um, witnesses, when they die, the Bible says the people of the earth will not allow them to be buried. They will leave their bodies on the street and they will rejoice celebrate when we read further the bible says that they are even going to exchange gifts for so for three and a half days these servants who testify about god who told them about jesus christ verse 10 says and those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them make merry and send gifts to one another because the two prophets who tormented them because of those two prophets who tormented them can you imagine that the people of God, the, the people who were representatives of God, who were telling people about the coming of Jesus Christ, when they died, people make merry, people celebrate, and they exchange gifts. Like when we are celebrating Christmas and we exchange gifts, celebrate something good that has happened. But here in this case, it is the death of people who are servants of God. And these guys are celebrating. And they decide that we are not going to bury them. We are going to leave their bodies on the street for three and a half days. Now, the Bible says that whilst their body is on the street, the people can watch their body's life. So they can see them. They saw when the Antichrist, um, when the beast killed them. And so they'll be watching their bodies' life. Now, in the days when John got this revelation... I don't know how John could have conceived in his mind of think, um, how John would think about the fact that everybody could see the dead bodies of their two witnesses' life. It's like live streaming and everybody can see it. But in our days, today we know we have technology that can give us live feed, real-time information that you can know everything that is happening on the other side of the world. Now, everything that is happening in Russia, we're living here in the U.S., but we know everything that is happening in Ukraine, we know because of the development of technology. So it is the same technology that they are going to use to live stream this event that is happening. And they will see the dead body of the two witnesses and they are watching and they are celebrating and people are sending gifts to one another. And whilst they are sending the gift to one another, something very interesting happens. In verse 7, the Bible says that, no, 
in verse 11, the Bible says, Now, after three and a half days, the breath of God, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet. A great fear, and a great fear fell on all those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended into the clouds. Hallelujah. They ascended in the cloud and their enemies saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, in the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid and they gave glory to the God of heaven. The second war is past. Behold, the third war come, is coming quickly. And so as the people were rejoicing, celebrating, passing gift because of the death of the two witnesses, Bible says on the third day, the three and a half day were passed, the spirit of God, the spirit of life entered into their bodies and they stood up on their feet. And then a voice from heaven told them to come up here. And so the two witnesses ascended into heaven and the, the live streaming was going on. The people saw the two witnesses ascending into heaven. The Bible says that as the two witnesses were ascending into heaven, there was a great earthquake that caused 7,000 people to die. And people who saw these things happen gave glory to God. And so whilst they were rejoicing that the servant, the servant of the Most High, the two witnesses were dead, the Bible says that as they were still rejoicing, Life entered into the two witnesses. They resurrected and a voice called them to come up into heaven. So the two witnesses were raptured into heaven and the people saw them being raptured into heaven. And at that point, they began to give, to give glory to God. But you see, once the two witnesses leave the scene, a Bible tells us, when you read from verse um when you read from verse 15, the Bible tells us that the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying the kingdom of this world has become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on the who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God. And they were singing and they said, we give we give you thanks, O God, O Lord, our God Almighty, the one who is, who was, and is to come. Because you have taken your great power and you reign. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time of the, the, time of the dead that they should be judged and you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints. And those who fear your name shall, those who fear your name, small and great, and those and shall destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of our God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, and there were lightnings, noises, thundering, and an earthquake, and great hail. And so once these two witnesses leave the scene, that is the end. They are the last to be raptured, and they are going to be raptured together with... Um, at this point, the people who accepted the, um, accepted their testimony, the people who accepted the word that was being preached by the 144,000 and the two witnesses have also been raptured. So once the two witnesses are raptured, 
Now that is the end. Bible says that uh, in, in, in from verse again we it, it, the 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 story then moves into verse twelve. Verse twelve is only um, giving us an insight to event that has happened already. So verse twelve is more like an informational um, chapter that tells us something that has happened. And so verse twelve takes the story right from the story. Um, right from the old testament and start explain uh, explaining to us what has happened and gives more again it it's us a little bit, bit of something that is happening in heaven and something that is happening on earth at that time but more of the things that are written in most of the things that are written in revelation chapter 12 are information uh, are just information um that is being uh, or let me say emphasis that are being given to the things that have happened already and so the two witnesses the ministry of two witnesses that during the first um, the last three and a half years of the tribulation and 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 they they minister along with the 144 and then they when their ministry ends they are going to be killed the people rejoice over them they are going to be resurrected again they will go into heaven and then there's going to be a great earthquake that has never happened before. And the Bible says out because of that earthquake, 7,000 people are going to die. Now, verse 12, um, chapter 12, Bible says that um, now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under his feet and on her head a garland of stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Now, the woman that the Bible is talking about here is symbolic. It does not refer to a certain woman. Now, some people have said that the woman is the church. But the woman here is not the church. And we'll find out from the chapter. The woman here is Israel. The Bible says that the woman... Now, quickly, when, when you hear that, I'm going to read verse two, verse 1 again. He says, now, a great sign that is a symbol appeared in heaven. So it is not going to be a literal, like a woman in heaven, but it's just a symbol in the realms of the spirit that is being interpreted. And he, John is explaining what it is. He says, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon and under his uh, and with the moon under his feet and on his head, a garland of 12 stars. Now, quickly, when we hear this story, one thing that comes to mind is the story or the dream that Joseph had in Genesis chapter 37 from verse 10. So when you read Genesis chapter 37 from verse 10, I'm just going to read Joseph's dream. I know you're very familiar with that. Um Okay, let me read from verse 9. And he dreamed, then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have, look, I have, I have dreamed another dream. And, at, and this time, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed to me. So Joseph was telling his brothers that Joseph himself hadn't being included, we know is the 12, uh, makes it the 12 stars. He says that the 11 stars were bound down to him, the sun and the moon. And so his father, when his father understood the dream, so he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said, what dream is this? 
What dream is this that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I, your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow to you? And so his father Jacob understood the dream that it was referring to him, the mother and the brothers. And so we see here in Revelation chapter 12 that a great sign was in heaven. A woman clothed with sun, with the moon, under his feet and on her head a garland of stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain she gave birth. So knowing Joseph's dream, we know the woman that the Bible is talking about here is Israel. Some people have said it's the church, but it's not the church. It is Israel. Verse 3 says, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fairy red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven diadems on his head. His tail um, drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled to the, into the wilderness where she was. She had a place prepared by God that they should feed her there for 1260 days that is 260 that that is that is referring to three and a half years so we know that this woman that the bible described which we have called israel gave birth to a child we know that jesus christ is from the tribe of judah which is then it's, it's one of the um, tribes of Israel. So Jesus Christ came out of Israel. Then the Bible talks again about the fact that this child will rule the nations with a rod. We know that it's Jesus who is going to rule the nations with the rod. Of course, the church is also going to rule the nations with the rod, but the church will get its authority from Jesus Christ. So the child that the Bible is talking about here is Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible talks about a dragon. This chapter talks about a dragon again in um, in heaven. It describes the dragon as having seven heads, ten horns, seven diadems. And the Bible says that he still drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Now, some people have said that this event is yet to happen. But if this event is really yet to happen, then this, there's, there's, I mean, it's, it's going to mean a lot for, for us and for the church. But I believe that this event has happened already. We know how Satan decided to make his throne above God's throne. And decide, decided to exalt himself above God's throne. And he was cast down into heaven. Now, for, for us to have evidence that this thing has already happened, let's quickly read Isaiah chapter, chapter 14, verse 12 to 16. Bible says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend in heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation, on the farther side 
of the north. I will ascend above the height of the cloud. I will, I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to show to the lowest death of the pit. And so we know that Satan has been cast out of heaven. If Satan has not been cast out of heaven, as some people are saying that this thing is going to happen, is something that will happen in the future, then that means that <clears throat> then that means that we, those who are here, the church here today, we cannot overcome Satan by the blood of Jesus. If they are saying this event is going to happen in the future, and when we read further, you will understand the point that I'm trying to make. But this, we know that Satan has already been cast out of heaven. Satan has been defeated. And he, he's, he was cast, uh, cast out of heaven and does not have access to God anymore to go and accuse the people of God. So when we read further, the Bible says a war broke out in heaven. So for people who are saying this event is an event of the future, then they are saying this war is yet to happen. But we know from scripture that it has happened already. Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 18 said that I saw Satan being Satan being cast down as light. And so the casting down of Satan from heaven has already happened. And Jesus Christ said he saw it happen. And we can take the testimony of Jesus that truly Satan has been cast out of heaven. And since Satan has been cast out of heaven, he does not have access to heaven again. Bible says that Michael and his angels fought with a dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So when Satan was cast out of heaven, when he was cast down from heaven, there was no place found for Satan in heaven any longer. So it's not like Satan goes before the throne of God and accuses the church. Again, or accuse the people of God or children of God. Again, Bible describes Satan as a liar and the father of all lies. Oh God, is God going to take the accusation of the father of all lies against people that have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, his own son, and people that he has delivered from their sins? Is it, does, does, even, does God even need Satan to inform him of the things that people are doing on earth or his sons are doing on earth? God is omniscient. Omnis omniscient and he knows all these things already and so the bible says that uh, from from those bible passages we understand that this war that the bible is, is talking about has already happened and so like i said from the beginning that this chapter gives us information of things that have already happened and it's just giving us uh, more insight into what happened so the bible says satan and his angels fought against michael and his angels and they did not prevail Bible says, so the, the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast with him. Bible tells us in, in the New Testament that there the are angels who have been held bound, awaiting their punishment. So the casting down of the angels has already occurred. It's not something that is now going to occur, as some people are saying. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamp and by the word of his testimony. And they did not love their lives to, the, to, to death. And so we believers now, 
Jesus Christ has died for us. We overcame the devil by the blood of Jesus Christ. If now, if they are saying that this event, if people are saying that this event is yet to happen, then it means that as of yet, we are not, we can overcome the devil. But we know that this is the victory that overcomes the, the world. Even our faith, we know that we have overcome, um, we have overcame the devil by the blood of the lamp and by the word of our testimony. So this event that the Bible is describing here has already happened. It's not now going to happen. Or it's not going to happen in the future. Satan has been cast out of heaven. He does not have access to the throne of God in heaven. The Bible tells us that he will not a place will not be found any longer for them in heaven. Then the Bible says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. And so quickly, the next verse moves into the present and tells us that at this point, woe unto the people who are living on earth, because the devil knows that he has very, very limited time. Remember, the angel in verse 10 said that there wouldn't be any more delay till the event comes to a conclusion or to the events come to an end so the devil knows that he has very limited time and so the bible says the woe unto the people who are on earth verse 13 the bible says now the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might flee into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half and a half and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of the mouth of like a flood after the woman that he, he might cause her to be carried by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth and the dragon the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who had kept the commandment of god and have the testimony of christ and so we know that once the woman realized that once the dragon realized that um she wasn't able and again i'm sorry i, I think i just i i Skip a very important point. The Bible tells us that the woman makes an attempt to kill the male child. We know in Matthew chapter um, 2, verse 16 to 18, that um, Herod made an attempt to kill Jesus Christ. But that did not succeed. That attempt did not succeed. God spoke to Joseph in a dream to um, leave the city. And so Jesus Christ was hidden away from Herod. And Herod attempted to kill or Herod killed all the children who were um, under the age of two. Now, this tells us something very important, that Satan is not omniscient. Satan does not know all things. And Satan, <clears throat> again, is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time. And Satan is not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. And so, um, when we come back to... <clears throat> Um, 
verse 13, the Bible says, Now when the dragon saw that he, he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman. So the dragon attempted to persecute Israel. That's the woman who gave birth to the child. But the Bible tells us that God is going to preserve the woman for three and a half years. So the people, once the, um, the, the uh, 144,000 Jewish evangelists are ministering to Israel, God is going to hide them away from um from satan and satan will not be able to harm them just like the 144,000 people were sealed of god israel the um, israel is going to be preserved by god and once um the 144,000 people will continue to minister to them till all of them come to the to salvation in, in in christ jesus so the bible says that god will protect israel even when that um the enemy will also try to spew water that is bring some sort of destruction against the nation but the bible says that the earth will help the woman so there will be some sort of assistance to israel and they will not um the plans or the attack of the enemy will not succeed against israel and so the plans of the enemy are going to fail against israel because god is going to protect Israel against any plans that the enemy will bring. Any plans that the enemy will bring against them. So when the when the dragon realized that his his plans or his attack on Israel doesn't succeed, the Bible in verse 17 tells us that the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandment of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So whilst the, the um while Israel is, is hidden and being ministered unto the people who have already accepted Jesus Christ as um their Lord and personal Savior through the ministry of the hundred and forty four thousand people, now the devil will decide to make war against them, will decide to attack them because he realized that he couldn't reach to Israel because they are being protected and being preserved by God. So he then attacks the remnant of Israel who have accepted the testimony of Jesus Christ, who have now come to salvation. In verse 13, sorry, in chapter 13, the Bible says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea. Now, from where John, um, I wish I had the map here again, from when where john had this revelation on the on the island of patmos when he stands um towards the sea maybe i can get the map and share it when he stands towards the sea he will be looking at the mediterranean mediterranean sea and so but um, john says that now I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his ten horns ten crowns, and on his head, on his head, a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard; his feet were like the feet of a bear, and out of the mouth, and out of his mouth, the mouth of the lion. And out of his mouth, like the mouth of a lion, the, drag, the dragon gave, his, gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. 
Now we know when we read Revelation chapter 6 that the Antichrist did not have any crown, but a crown was given to him. Bible tells us that he is coming out of the sea. Now, in the vision that Daniel had, the angel Gabriel explained where the, uh, um, the beast was coming from. Um, let's read Daniel chapter 7 from verse 1. I'm sorry, from verse 2 to 8. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in, a, in my vision by night, and behold, four winds of heaven were standing up the great sea. And the four great beasts came up from the sea. You note that it's, it's in verse 2 here. John is saying, I saw a beast rising out of the sea. In Daniel's vision, he says here, and four great beasts came up from the sea. Note very carefully, note the sea. It's going to be explained later. Each different from the other. The first was a lion, was like a lion and had eagle wings. I watched it till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and was made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to it and suddenly another beast like another beast a second like a bear it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in it mouth between it teeth and they said thus to it arise devour much flesh after this i looked and there was another like a leopard which had on it back four wings of a bed the beast had also the beast also had four heads and and dominion was given to it After this, I saw in the night vision, and behold, the four beasts, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It was huge. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, devouring, breaking in pieces and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one coming up among them. Before whom three of the first three horns were plucked out by the root. And there in the horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and the mouth was speaking pompous words. Now, the vision that Daniel saw is being interpreted. It's a long interpretation, but I'm just going to try to read and I, Daniel, I was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. That is Daniel chapter 7, verse 15. I came near to one of those who stood by me and asked him the truth of all, of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts which are four are four kings which will rise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever even forevermore. Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast. Note what the Bible says. In Daniel's vision, he said that the beasts were coming out of the sea. But once um, the angel is giving the interpretation, he says those beasts are 
which are four, are four kings that will arise out of the earth. Verse 19. Well, I think even when I stop here, when you read further, I mean, it's a long interpretation that the angel gives to it. But then when you read um, further, it, it makes it clear that um, the seed there, it's representing the people. So this beast will be coming in out of the midst of the people. Like I said when we were doing Revelation chapter 6, that the Antichrist will come in the midst of the people. He will be coming from the midst of the people. It's not like he will be coming from the sky or he will be coming on a horse like we saw in, in, in the vision that um, John was writing to us. So the Bible says that um, the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as if it had been mortally wounded. Now, people have taught because of this, people have said that the Antichrist was going to die and then will be resurrected again. And so because of that, people are going to believe him. But that's not what the Bible teaches here. The Bible says that, and I saw one of the heads that it was being wounded. We know that there are going to be... Um, there are going to be kingdoms. There are going to be leaders who are going to support the Antichrist in his mission. And so I think some of the um, one of the chapters that we read was that um, one of the kingdoms in, in Daniel said one of the kingdoms were going to go down or were going to depart and will be replaced with another kingdom. So this does not teach that um, the Antichrist is going to die and then be resurrected again. And because of that, uh, people are going to believe in him. Um, this was just symbolic that um, um john was writing here that and i saw one of his heads as it were being mortally wounded and it was deadly it was a deadly wound and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast it does not mean that the beast is going to die and resurrect again so they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worship the beast saying who is like the beast who is able to make war with him like I said, once the um, the Antichrist makes Jerusalem his uh, headquarters, he will begin to demand worship. Like in Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verse four tells us that he will go and sit in the temple of God and declare himself to be God, and demand that the people worship him. And so, because of this wonderful thing that the people will see, because of the powers or the authority that has been given to the beast by the dragon, the people will begin to worship him and begin to marvel at the things that he is doing. And they will serve him and say that, who is like this beast? Who is able to make war with him? So they will see the beast as a savior, as a deliverer. They will see him as a very powerful person. And so they will begin to worship him. And the Bible says, he was given mouth, speaking great things and blasphemous things and we read that from daniel that he was speaking pompous things and he was given authority to continue for 42 days now 42 days here also represents um three and a half years so that is the second three and a half years then he opened his mouth in blaspheming against god to blaspheme his name his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven. So this beast will be blaspheming against God and blaspheming against those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Now we know that when the two witnesses finish the assignment, they are going to be killed. 
by the beast. So the beast had power to overcome them for a season. Because the assignment was over, the Bible says, and authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nations, and all who dwell on earth will worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the earth. So the people are going to worship him. The people um, who are not going to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, they are going to worship him. They are going to serve him. They are going to address him as God, as their Messiah and their Savior. And the Bible tells us that if anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall be led into captivity. He who kills with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. <clears throat> so the Bible addresses the saints, tells them of remaining, reminds them of remaining faithful to the end. That even when they were being they are taken to the slaughter, when they are going to be killed, anyone who draws a sword was going to be killed at the sword. Their patience is that they remain faithful in the eyes of persecution, in the face of persecution, when they are being persecuted, when people are taking them to into prisons and people are taking them to be slaughtered and to be killed because of their faith, they are required to remain faithful even to the end. They must not give up on their confession and they must not give up on their faith. We have six minutes more. Um, maybe I can. we can just finish verse 13 or I can just pause here and then we'll continue from here next week. Um, is there any question or you know, any contribution, any question? Any question? All right, no question. I have a question. Okay. Hi. Okay, Hi. so um, we were talking about um, the, you know, I just want to see how we're, the, if the if there's a, chronolo a chronological uh, order that we're looking at revelations in. So, um, so would you say that the chapters from like, I guess from four to 10 is after, right? The tribulation. So would you just say only chapter 12 is things that have already happened? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Are yeah. You getting me? Yeah. So your question is if, um, based on what we have just read, what we um, what we are reading is chapter twelve, the only event that has that is in the past. Yeah. Because because from chapter four going, we've been talking about what we're not going to be here. It's after rapture. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then when we were discussing 12, we are saying that it's things that we, has already happened. So I'm just wondering if, like, are we, is it, is it in chronological order? Okay. All right. So, um, so it is not in um, chronological order. Um, Revelation chapter one, verse 19 says that, um, 
write the things which you have seen, the things which are, the things which will take place. I'm sorry. Write the things which you have seen. That is the past. The things which are, that is the present. And the things which are about to take place. And so Revelation, um, right from the instruction that Jesus Christ gave John, he was telling him to write the things which are present and the things which are um, past and the things which are about to happen. So um, it is not, the events are not in chronological order. Uh, some of the chapters that we have read um, only gives more information to um the things that have happened, for instance, when you read chapter 7, for instance, gives more information about the seals. And then chapter 12, when we come to chapter 12, it talks about things, pick things from the Old Testament to, um, and explains it now and brings it in, uh, into the picture now for us to understand what is going on. So um, chapter 12 talks about things from the past. Um some of the chapters we have seen, I'm trying to remember which of them also touches uh, or gives, um, we can get clues from the past to, or even for instance, some of the interpretations are also coming from um, the book of Daniel and some of the prophetic books, things that have been written there already. And so the events of the past that are being recorded there, but the, um, the events that we are reading are not in chronological order. So when we get into chapter now, once the seals are being opened, at the time that the seals are being opened, I think after the first three seals, we get into the second half of the tribulation. Now, once we are in the second half of the tribulation, most of the things that we are reading right now relates to the second half of the tribulation and things that are happening in the, um, the second half of the tribulation. But it started with the opening of the seals. Once the Antichrist emerges, makes himself a man of peace, at the point where um, all those... Um, um, things are happening to the earth and there is hunger, there is scarcity, there is difficulty. Then the people begin to realize that the Antichrist who they thought was a man of peace and the, um, um, a political leader who was going to restore order is not able to hold, um, hold everything together and people begin to rebel against him at that point he becomes angry and he breaks the treaty and so once he breaks the treaty we enter into the second three and a half years so most of the things that we are reading now are in the second three and a half years like the ministry of the hundred and forty four thousand the ministry of the two saints and um how satan tries to attack the church are all in the second three and a half years i don't know if i answered the question Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, you did. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. All right, it's 8 o'clock. Any, any more questions? Or we can take the questions next week, God willing. If there are any more questions or any comments, we can take them next week. Okay, so um, next week, God willing, we'll start from the last slide or the last... Um, seven chapters of chapter 13 and then we'll move to chapter 14 and chapter 15 um, shall we pray father in jesus mighty name we thank you for um the opportunity to meet here we ask of god that through your spirit you begin you continue to give us more insight into the book of revelation give us understanding in jesus mighty name we pray for the grace to remain faithful to the end in jesus mighty name we pray even as we, we go um, to our, our, our various beds, we pray, Lord, that 
you continue to speak to us. Give us dreams. Give us visions. And help us understand the events that are happening these days. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright. Um, God bless you. And um, we'll meet again next week. God willing. Amen. Um, please don't forget, we will meet on Saturday for prayer meeting. We forgot to announce that every first Saturday will be meeting. So please, all of you on Saturday morning. Good night.